It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Raiders continue to look for their next offensive coordinator. A new name has popped up. It's pretty intriguing, and it has an intriguing connection. That plus a whole lot more comes up on Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for January 26, 2024. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. As always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you. We really do appreciate that, man. The show has grown in such a major way on YouTube, over 11,000 subscriptions, and that's awesome. So we definitely appreciate that. We do not take that for granted. Also, appreciate my man Ari. does a great job each and every day making sure we're on YouTube, looking good and sounding good. I appreciate him. As well, you can check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. I'm on Twitter as well, at your boy Q254. And we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. We've been getting a lot of feedback throughout the course of the week, so we'll try to get as much in as possible uh, coming up in segment number three of today's show as we head into the weekend, championship weekend, uh, finding out who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl here in Vegas on February 11th. I'm excited about that. But, again, getting back to the feedback in segment number three, try to get as much in as possible as we close out the week really strong. Uh, in segment number two on Thursday, uh, an Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920, my radio show, I uh, had a subject about the identity of the Raiders' offense. And I think it's so important for this next hire, this offensive coordinator, right? Whoever they're going to hire for that position, the Raiders' offense has got to be a whole, whole hell of a lot better than it was in uh, 2023. It just has to be. They've got too much talent, and they're not going to be able to win on defense alone. So whoever the hire is going to be is great. They've got to go out and get that right, but they also got to get the identity of the offense right. So uh, you'll hear from Tom Telesco. You'll hear from Antonio Pierce on kind of the identity, what they're looking for. I'll talk about the identity, what I'm looking for from the Raiders offense in 2024. We'll do that in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day, and really it's all about a new name that has popped up as far as the offensive coordinator goes, the ties that they can have to the Raiders and others. So we'll get into that here in segment number one after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers will get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. So off top, Zach Robinson is the name that I want to throw out there. He's the quarterback coach in the L.A. Rams, and he's a guy that the Raiders requested an interview with for their open offensive coordinator position, and he may be off the books now. He may be off the, the market now. He could be going to Atlanta, and why do I think that? Well, Raheem Morris was named the head football coach there in Atlanta with the Falcons on Thursday, and he comes over from the Rams as their defensive coordinator, and again, Zach Robinson is the quarterback coach with the Rams. So uh, many outlets have tied the two together saying that Zach Robinson is the leader in the clubhouse for that offensive coordinator job. He's a guy that's well respected around the league, comes from the Sean McVay tree and you know anyone who is coming from the Sean McVay tree not only is qualified to be an offensive coordinator but hell qualified to be a a head coach in the National Football League. So more than likely Zach Robinson is off the market. He's probably headed to Atlanta to 
to be with Raheem Morris as his offensive coordinator. So that brings me to another name that's pretty intriguing that popped up on Thursday that I saw as I was scrolling through Twitter just looking for some information, and that's one Thad Lewis, who is currently the quarterback coach there in Tampa Bay. And why is he intriguing? Well, multiple reasons. Played in the league for a long time. Uh, obviously, he's he's got an offensive mind. He's a quarterback coach. Uh, he's done some really good things. He's actually getting, getting credit for a lot of what Baker Mayfield did in Tampa Bay this past year. The only problem is, as the Raiders have uh, asked permission to interview him, their current offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, is on his way to Carolina to be the Panthers head football coach. So that's not good, <laughs> right? Because now who's going to be the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay? Good chances that the Buccaneers try to hold on to Thad Lewis. But I hope that the Raiders are able to interview this guy. I do believe that he's a guy that could bring a creative mind to the Raiders, but the one thing about it is he's never called plays in the league, but he is a quarterback coach. He was a former quarterback, right? So he's got some, obviously, some skin in the game. He knows what he's talking about and, again, has helped develop guys like even Baker Mayfield this last year in Tampa Bay. So I saw this piece of news uh, as I was, like I said, strolling through Twitter. Uh, My guy, Rick Stroud, who actually works for the Tampa Bay Times and Sports Day Tampa Bay, uh, he put out this article and I was reading it, so I said, hey, I know Rick. Let me go ahead and reach out to him, see if I can get him as a guest on my radio show uh, for Thursday. And as soon as he said yes, I was like, great, cool. And about 30 minutes later, that's when I saw that the Panthers were finalizing the deal for Dave Canales. So I was thinking, great, now there's no way that Thad Lewis is going to get out of there because most likely they're going to at least want to attempt to hold on to him to potentially make him the offensive coordinator there in Tampa Bay. But Rick came on my show. So here's just a few minutes of the conversation that we had about Thad Lewis, getting a little bit of background on him. And also you'll find out about the connection he has that could be very intriguing to the silver and black. Check it out. Here's Rick Stroud on my radio show on Thursday, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, I saw your article that you had out earlier on the Tampa Bay Times. Raiders asked permission to interview Bucks quarterback coach Thad Lewis. And then I saw when it became official that uh, Dan Canales was going to the Carolina Panthers as their head coach. What's the chances that Tampa Bay tries to hold on to Thad Lewis now? Yeah, I think they're pretty good. Um, Now, you know, I haven't really talked to anybody definitively over there, but I do know there's a number of people in the organization that feel like that that should be the the result, right? That Thad Lewis, been here for a couple of years, he was promoted this year to quarterback's coach, worked under Dave Canales in this offense. And of course, he's been to a lot of different places as a player, um, you know, and, and, and even, you know, was under Bruce Arians, um, you know, a little bit. But uh, he's a bright guy. Uh, I know the Arians, before he decided to step aside for Todd Bowles, was sort of wanting to groom him to be his next coordinator, thinking that Byron Leftwich would eventually get a head coaching job. Um, and that didn't happen. But uh, he's pretty high on Thad Lewis. So we'll have to see. Um, you know, they're going to do whatever they, they think is in their best interest. And, and there's obviously a, a number of offensive coordinators, even some they talked to a year ago that are now available. Um, but I, but I do think that, uh, you know, the Raiders have a sincere interest in that. And, um, you know, it remains to be seen, you know, what the position is or, or if and when he would go visit. But, uh, this certainly is, a, is going to be a, a mitigating factor. You mentioned in your piece that he's a rising star in the NFL. What has it been about Thad Lewis? Like, what stood out that's really made him catch so many different organizations' attention? Well, just how bright he is. I mean, here's a guy that, you know, played four years at Duke, threw for over 10,000 yards. Uh, Duke is a difficult school yeah. to get through for four years. But, uh, no, he, he, you know, in, in seven different NFL organizations, this guy was, uh, as a player, uh, had some affiliation with either in the practice squad or in, in camp. Um, so he's he's versatile. He's seen a lot of systems. 
he can process a lot of knowledge. He knows a lot of things uh, from a uh, you know mechanic standpoint, and it's rare uh, sometimes to get uh, you know a, an offensive play caller or quarterbacks coach who's actually you know played the position, you know that, that understands what what quarterbacks are seeing in real time, and, and from that perspective, not from the sideline or a film room. So he's a great communicator. Um, I think, you know, Baker, you know, obviously thrived uh, under him this year. And, um, you know, if they're going to give Dave Canales credit for Geno Smith, you got to give Baker Mayfield, you got to give, uh, you know, you got to give him credit for Baker Mayfield because he was his quarterback's coach here. So, um, but yeah, he'd be a good one. Um, but, but the one thing he hasn't done is uh, much like Dave Canales, he hasn't called plays in the NFL. Again, we're speaking with Rick Stroud from Tampa Bay Times, Sports Day, Tampa Bay. And in your piece, again, talking about Thad Lewis, the Raiders asked permission to interview Bucks quarterback coach Thad Lewis. You mentioned relationship that he has with Jaden Daniels, and I'm a big Jaden Daniels fan. I don't know if the Raiders have any shot to get him because, well, he's going to be like a top three pick. But uh, just describe that relationship that Thad Lewis even still has with Jaden Daniels. Yeah, they, they've maintained in touch. You know, Thad Lewis was at UCLA, actively tried to recruit Jaden Daniels, and they became pretty good friends during that process. Uh, of course, he, he went to Arizona State, which is, you know, an obvious tie with Antonio Pierce and, and others on that staff. Uh, and so uh, they, they've always kept in touch, and I, I think Daniels really respects him. Um, and I'll just say this, you know, you're right. At, at 13, it seems a pie in the sky, you know, it's not going to happen, right? You're not going to get – uh, Daniels in that spot, but boy, there's so many ties to that quarterback, and it's mutual, you know. And you can't will yourself to an organization uh, necessarily. There's a lot of things that have to happen for them to come get you. Um, but I really do believe that uh, that that that's you know something that would be in their favor um, if they had him on the staff and just be another another guy that he's familiar with. And we'll see, you know. And there's a lot of ways to. Uh, to manipulate the draft and, and, and you have to give up the King's ransom to move that far, but nothing's impossible. But um, there's definite connection between him and Jaden. Yeah, there is a big time connection. And look, if that's your guy, you go and do what it takes to get your guy. As long as you, you know, have all that that's full right. conviction, <laughs> right? That that is but, your guy. Yeah, don't just get a guy, get your guy. So there you go. And I know it's funny, man. It's like all roads lead back to Jaden Daniels, right? And I'll tell you, man, whatever works, right? With Thad Lewis uh, being there at UCLA and, and having that recruiting connection uh, to Jaden Daniels, even though he didn't go to UCLA, ended up going to Arizona State and then uh, obviously transferred to LSU. The fact that they still stay in touch, what like whatever works, like like Rick was saying, like, you know, there's, there's ways to manipulate the draft. I mean, it ain't easy, but there's ways to do some things. And, you know, Jaden's already said that he'd like to be a Raider, he'd like to uh, be coached up by AP. If Thad Lewis could be there, that make Jaden a little bit more comfortable. I'm just, I'm just trying to connect the dots, right? Again, that's that's QB one for me, so I'm just trying to connect the dots. But just for s's and giggles, if you were trying to trade up from where the Raiders are right now, uh, honestly, with the way that the draft is is set up and the way that the you know the the top three teams actually, there's like four or five teams that I look at that probably need quarterbacks. But just looking at the top three, I mean, you got Chicago sitting there at number one; they could easily take Caleb Williams. You got Washington there, number two; they could take. Drake May or, or Jaden Daniels, and then you see uh, the the Pan- the Patriots. Excuse me, at number three, they could take Jaden Daniels or Drake May. So that could be three quarterbacks right there. Boom, boom, boom. One, two, three. That's how most mock drafts have it as of right now. So just think about this. And I forgot to answer this question on Thursday's show. We had a caller that asked me about trading up. Think about this. 
It's going to take a lot if the Raiders were trying to trade up, and they'd probably have to try to trade all the way up to number one. I'm not saying that they'd be able to do that, but they'd probably have to try to trade up to number one to have the pick of the litter what quarterback they really want, unless they have a couple that they are got their eyes on. Just think about this. In 2023, the Panthers, who had the number one pick, or no, they the Bears had the number one pick. They traded it to the Panthers. The Panthers had the number nine overall pick, so they went from nine to one. What they gave up, they gave up wide receiver DJ Moore, they gave up the 2023 first-round pick, which is number nine overall. They gave away the 2023 second-round pick, number 61 overall, 2024 first-round pick, and 2025 second-round pick. So it wasn't that bad, but I could see it being much more inflated, and especially going from 13 to 1. So I'm looking at probably at least three first-round picks, 2023 or 2024, I should say, 2025 and 2026, probably throw in the 2024 second-round pick uh, for the silver and black, and maybe a player. Maybe you throw in Hunter Renfro as well. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. Whoever they find expendable, if they find someone on their roster expendable that the Bears would want. It probably would take at least that to move up to number one and then be able to control the draft. So just for anyone that was just wondering uh, about that, like what it would take, I'm thinking at least three first-round picks, uh, this year's second-round pick, and at least, uh, you know, uh, another second-round pick plus a, a, a player. It's a big, massive haul, but if you get your quarterback for 10 years, that's your guy, whether that's Caleb Williams, Drake May, uh, Jaden Daniels, wh- whoever that is, then then it's, it's, it's well worth it. But that's just that. And the final little nugget I have, and I saw this floating around Twitter, and I had to go back because it just kind of blew my mind. I didn't realize it, even though I've been a lifelong Raider fan. I just, it just never really blew, you know, really, I don't know. I guess just, I never thought about it. The Raiders have only drafted four quarterbacks in the first round in team history. Like, think about that. They've only drafted four quarterbacks in the first round in team history. The last one was Jamarcus Russell in 2007. Before that, Todd Marinovich, 91. Before that, Mark Wilson, 1980. And before that, Roman Gabriel in 1962. And that's it. In the history of the silver and black, they've drafted a quarterback in the first round only four times. Maybe it's just me, but that just kind of blew my mind. And it, 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 to me, I was like, oh, that's impossible. And now I realized, I was like, wait, hold on. That, that's not impossible. That's actually facts. So there you go. Hopefully you found that as interesting as I did. If not, well, you know, then it's, you know, worthless uh, trivia that you could say at the bar one day when you're hanging out having a couple cold ones. I, that's, and that's it. That's, that's my gift for you heading into the weekend, uh, championship weekend. But that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, what is the identity of the Raiders offense? What should it be in 2024? We'll hear from GM Tom Telesco. We'll hear from Antonio Pierce. And then I'll break it down and talk about what I think the Raiders should be trying to do offensively in 2024. We'll do that next here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Before we get to that, though, I do want to let you know that one of the great sponsors here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast today is BetterHelp. And I want to take a minute to talk about them because sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. And believe me, there's a lot of things that get to me at times, get me wound up, got to make me, you know, just kind of sound off. And, you know, or if I don't sound off, if I don't, you know, uh, kind of let it out or, or, or speak to someone about it, sometimes it can fester and really, you know, kind of bog you down. It makes you tired. It, it just bothers you. You lose sleep. Like there's things that just they just stick with us. Again, sometimes it's not even a problem. Sometimes it's a decision. Sometimes it's just something that you're trying to come up with that's going to better you, but you're having problems doing it, right? There's so many different scenarios that could play in your mind that could really, you know, just kind of bog you down as a person. And you just need to, like I said, just let it off, 
let it out, get it off your chest, speak to someone, and more importantly, speak to someone without an agenda. That's where therapy comes in. Therapy could be different for everyone. Most of us have, you know, way bigger problems than favorite sports teams and what they're doing or, you know, something minor that may be going on, you know, down at the gym or whatever like that. Uh, You know, therapy could be for anything large or small. So if you ever thought about starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Locked on. I also want to tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is FanDuel. The NFL regular season, you know that's in the books. Super Wild Card Weekend, Divisional Round, yep, they're in the books as well. It is on to the Championship Weekend coming up this week, NFC, AFC. Who's going to be here in Vegas for Super Bowl 58? Right now, it's the best time to get in on the action with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. All new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app... Super easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet, like same-game parlays, bets in the new Explore tab. You can find them there. Or you can check out the Parlay Hub where you can find your most popular parlays. There's a whole lot of different action you can get in on. You just got to visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to get into a conversation that I had on Thursday on my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. If you want to check it out, it's from 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific time. You can always log on to the Raiders app, click radio or lvsportsnetwork.com. Listen live. Definitely would appreciate that. I always have a lot of fun on the show, but I was talking about the identity of the offense. Again, I think this is the most important decision that Antonio Pierce and Tom Celesco have to make. Who's going to be the offensive coordinator? And what is going to be the offensive identity? What are they going to bring to the table? How are they going to get things cooking? Because the Raiders offense in 2023 was not cooking. Not cooking with grease, like I like to say, right? They've got to get back to being able to be a high-octane offense. At least a really good offense, like Antonio Pierce said in his press conference on Wednesday. One that's scoring 24 points a game, and that's still not even a whole lot, right? They really need to be pushing around 28, especially with the defense the Raiders have. Man, look out. They have that kind of defense, and they're scoring close to 28 points a game. They're winning a ton of games. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care who the coach is. You're going to win a lot. But here's Antonio Pierce and Tom Telesco from that press conference on Wednesday kind of talking about the identity, what the potential identity of the Raiders is. And Tom Telesco, the new GM of the Raiders, even said the Raiders have an identity. Here it is. Check it out. You got to be able to run a football play-action pass, and what are the Raiders known for? The vertical passing game, right? So we want to see the shots down the field. We want the explosive plays. So – that has to be a part of the creativity. Uh, you know, you look at the shifts, the motion, all that stuff goes into it. I'm not going to give my whole hat away and tip, but just think of when Raiders were playing really good football, and that's going to be your offensive coordinator, hopefully, as we go forward. You want to have an identity? The Raiders have an identity on offense. It's speed and get the ball downfield. So I think that's going to definitely want to be at least part of that. Um, but there's more that goes along with that um, as far as being able to run the ball when you have to run it and play action pass. But we'll, we'll find right offensive coordinator that's going to fit this team at this time. So there was AP and Tom Telesco talking about the identity. And so it really got me thinking, again, on my radio show on Thursday, about what I'd like to see the Raiders' offense look like. And, and first, up front, I'd like that offensive line to really be big bullies. I, I do believe that the run game is so important for the success of the Raiders. And really, being able to run between the tackles effectively and, and be able to run when everyone in the stadium knows that you're going to run. 
right? Everyone knows. Just like how the Philadelphia Eagles do the whole brotherly shove. Uh, they get in that formation and everyone knows what's coming and they can't stop it more times than not. I don't want to talk about doing something gimmicky. I want to talk about just getting in, you know, getting down into a stance, right? Lining up in the backfield, you know, having the quarterback get under center, snap the ball, hand it to the running back, and boom, you're picking up two, three, four yards, whatever the case may be, right? The, the run game has got to be, you know, I think one of the big strengths of the team. And it's funny, you even look at the identity of a team like the Dolphins and their offense and how they can, you know, put up so many points and they've got so much speed. But guess what? You know what they rely on a lot? The run game. So I think that the run game is so important. Uh, but I'd like to see that offensive line bolstered. I'd like them to be bigger. I'd like them to be stronger. Of course, you'd like them to be faster as well. But just kind of want to get back to that big bully style offensive line. I always preferred the power blocking scheme, but I know that there's more zone blocking schemes going on nowadays than power blocking schemes. And of course, the Raiders will do, you know, a variety of both. But I, I, I always preferred. Again, that was just my preference. And I know talking to Lincoln Kennedy, that was always his preference as well, right? He always wanted to be that big, strong bully. So that's what I'd like. But again, I know there's going to be a blend of the two. Uh, again, the run game runs strong between the tackles, but use the outsides as well. And you don't necessarily have to use the outsides with just a running back, right? You can get the jet sweeps going. You can get the wide receiver screens. Those are just similar as extended run plays, right? You got to be able to stretch out a defense, right? Side sideline to sideline, side right? Use all the grass, but it's got to be creative where you're blocking these plays where they're effective, right? I mean, the Jets, I mean, you, how many times did we see the jet sweep go to Trey Tucker, Jacoby Myers, right? Devontae Adams. I mean, there's guy after guy, the tight end, it'd be a tight end jet sweep. There's been so many. We saw Austin Hooper get a jet sweep, right? So I want to get it to the right guys and not just jet sweeps, but just creative ways to get it to the playmakers, guys with speed, where they can do something, where the blocking up front and even with the wide receivers is is just on point. You know, you look at the 49ers offense and they got so many different playmakers and some of their plays aren't but, you know, two, three yards, you know, from the line of scrimmage and all of a sudden it turns into a 25-yard play. Like, I want some elements of that in it, but I don't want it to be all that, right? And it felt like with Jimmy G at the quarterback position, every passing play was a short passing play, right? Something real minimal and then hoping that the wide receiver was going to make a big play, right? A bunch of slants, a bunch of, you know, little short crossing patterns and, you know, more times than not, Jimmy would throw Devontae Adams like a medicine ball where it looked like he was getting lit up and all of a sudden he's going to the sideline in pain. That went back to training camp, right? That can't keep happening, right? You got to be able to put these players in better position, but, you know, you got to have one thing that I think that whoever the offensive coordinator is needs to have the ability to have formations that look so similar, right? So you're running a play in the first quarter, and the, the formation is one way, and it looks a certain way. But that same look, you can do four, five, six different plays out of that formation. So defenses can't say, oh, we know what's coming. Oh, we're about to jump this route. Similar to what Jack Jones and Nate Hobbs said against the Chargers when they saw the, the, the way that the Chargers were lined up, and Jack Jones said, oh, I know exactly what's coming. And he took off on the ball and almost overran it because he knew exactly where it was going to be. It was going to be that wide receiver screen. But you've got to have similar formations so you can do multiple different things. And that's what a really creative offensive play caller can do. You know, the really good ones these days are the ones that have so many formations that look so similar, but they have different branches, right? It's like, it's like a tree, you know, and it's like we do that in the radio all the time. We have one subject, but how many different branches can we get off that one subject? Well, with these formations, I want to see the one big tree, but I want to see the different branches off that one tree. So it keeps defensives guessing. you got to add more speed. 
I like the uh, no. I love the speed of Trey Tucker. I love that. But you got to get a guy that's bigger that has that big playability that can get down the field as well with that that speed, right? Trey Tucker is great, and you could use him in so many different ways, right? You can hand the ball off to him. You can get him on a quick wide receiver screen. You can uh, hit him with a deep shot, right? But you also need to have a guy that can go up and 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 go get that ball, right? Go moss somebody, right? And, and remember when. You know, like Bill Musgrave had the Raiders offense clicking and it was Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper and they were a really good, you know, one-two punch. Amari was kind of the big play guy and Carr would throw the ball up there and, and give Cooper an opportunity. He'd go get it. And then Crabtree was like, he was their, their guy that, that you knew, oh, reliable, right? You needed a first down. It was going to Crabtree. It wasn't going to Coop. It was going to Michael Crabtree is what we called him at that time, right? That could be your Devontae Adams only better. A much better, you know, Devontae Adams could be only much better than Michael Crabtree. And, and Crabtree was great, but you know how great Devontae is. He could be that guy. They, the Raiders need a, a bigger wide receiver with speed, with real deal, you know, game changes speed. They've got to find a way to get that guy that can go up, climb the ladder, and go get the ball. You know, Trey Tucker, I do think, is a nice weapon, a nice element, but I feel like the Raiders just need more. And and if he if he can end up, just being, you know, not not a gadget guy, but just use that speed to his fullest, and they get a bigger wide receiver with some speed as well, then all of a sudden you can't really double too many, too many guys. You can't really, you know, you can't really shade one way because if you do, you're gonna get you're gonna get burned. So the Raiders need to definitely add some extra speed. That's something Tom Telesco said, right? Speed, stretch the field, right? You gotta be able to run the rock, but that's that's also what they're talking about. And and again, I don't I, I wanna see the Raiders start to get away from as many dump-offs and, and really get aggressive in the intermediate range, right? The 10 to 15-yard range. You know, you saw the Lions do a lot of that, you know, over, over the weekend, uh, over the last weekend, divisional round weekend, where it looked like the middle of the field was wide open. And, and it happens to the Raiders all the time. How many times do you see, or you at least did, last year it didn't happen as much, but you would see the middle of the field wide open and quarterbacks would, boom, 15, 16, 17 yards, just pass plays. The Raiders don't push it in the intermediate range. It's like they either do something really short and hope the wide receiver is able to get the ball and make a bunch of plays, or they'll take a shot and hope that the wide receiver comes up with it or they get a P.I. I'd like to see that middle of the field and that middle range, uh, you know, attacked as well. So it's just aggressiveness. More speed need to be added to the, to the team offensively. The offensive line needs to become a little bit bigger and stronger, you know, a bully able to really dominate that, that defensive line, whoever it is. Uh, I just think all that needs to be added to it. So it's, it's very similar to, you know, I feel like a, a few different offenses you've seen, kind of a blend of what you saw when Hugh Jackson was the offensive coordinator, a little bit of what you saw when Musgrave was the offensive coordinator, right? And there's, there's some, there were some good elements, even of what McDaniel's offense was, but we just never saw it consistently. So just go ahead and throw that out the book. <laughs> That's fine. I'm good with that. But really, just kind of like a Hugh Jackson blend with the Bill Musgrave blend and just – Again, just just be aggressive, strong, run downhill. Got to have that that running game there. You got to be able to have that. And I think most importantly, though, be able to run the ball when everyone in the stadium knows. Oh, this is yeah, this is a run right here. Here comes you know. There's no doubt that there's going to be a run, and 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 be able to execute it anyway. I, I don't remember what what year it was. Uh, I want to say it was the year. It was I want maybe it was 2014. It was Derek Carr's rookie year when they got that victory over the Chiefs. What was it, Week 10? That was their first victory of the season, and uh, that was under uh, Jack Del Rio, right? Yeah, and and um, 
No, it wasn't under Jack Del Rio. That wasn't his rookie year. I'm tripping. That was uh, Dennis Allen, right? Yeah, Dennis Allen, his rookie year. So I don't even remember who the offensive coordinator was that year. But remember when when they just ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball on that one drive? It was like a super long drive, and there was no stopping. I want to say that that was that Chiefs game. Maybe it was a, Maybe that was the Broncos game. I'm getting my, my games confused. I think that was the Broncos game, and I do think it was under Jack Del Rio and Bill Musgrave was the – the offensive coordinator. I think I'm. I think I'm right now. Yeah, I got all these games confused. But yeah, that that's. It was a game when I remember Donald Penn talked about it afterwards, and they said we ran the same play over and over and over and over, and Denver could not stop it. Yeah, that's what it was. It was under uh, Del Rio. Uh, so that was Bill Musgrave, and they just knew it was coming. But there's nothing they can do about it. That's the kind of run game that I want to see. You know, I want to see the Raiders' offensive line have that domination where they get so lathered up that they're going to get you, and you know that's coming. And it's just it, it, you just can't do nothing about it, right? You could try to try to contain it, but you know that it's it, it's gonna it's gonna get you. And of course, when they when you do that, and then they you know they 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 suck up to the line of scrimmage. That's when you're able to throw the ball around the yard. They've got to have that kind of thread, in my opinion. So uh, we'll see what they do. Obviously, they've got to come up with the offensive coordinator, but I'd really like to see them bring that bully ball back, that strength, and, of course, the the deep shot, intermediate shots. Want to see a quarterback be able to stand in the pocket and, you know, deliver that rock down the field and, you know, also be a threat uh, to, to pick up a first down if they need to, uh, as I've mentioned many times. But that's just me. What says you? 707-654-4693. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts. Straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. You're not battling thousands of players, pros, sharks, none of that. You pick more than or less than a two to six player stat projections, and you watch the winnings roll in just like that. Basketball season, of course, is heating up. It really is. I mean, coaches are getting fired even though they're in second place. So you know it's getting serious. It must be getting closer to playoff time. So you can get, you can play, you know, prize picks in basketball. You can play prize picks in the NFL, or you can do a combination of the both, right? They have all kinds of different options. Uh, they also have a reboot policy. So your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. Football, basketball games, if a player exits the game in the first half and doesn't come back in the second, the player is rebooted just like that. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. What do you got to do right now? Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Promo code is locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. We'll start things off with a call from the 309. He's calling a comment on Richard Seymour and brings up a point and a player uh, kind of tying it all together that I hadn't thought about. Here it is, a call from the 309. Good morning, Raider Nation. Uh, good morning, Q. 
I'm reaching out. I just wanted to kind of get an idea and maybe just bring back my thoughts. But it seems like Richard Seymour is in the position of Marcel Reese was at one point, which whatever happened to him, I know he was an advisor for Mark Davis um, a couple years back, maybe three, four years ago. Um, I know he really, I mean, it just seems like him and Richard Seymour kind of had the same position currently. I um, just wanted to bring that back. Uh, Marcel Reese was a really good fullback for us. I honestly think we should have t- tried him at tight end. I think he would have did wonders for us there. But otherwise, appreciate everything you do, Q. Uh, let's go Raiders. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you, my man. And next time you got to give me your name. I don't want to just call you a caller for the 309, but I didn't really think about Richard Seymour in that Marcel Reese role. I really hadn't. Uh, I just saw Richard Seymour hanging around with the organization and around more often and around more often again. I thought, that's pretty cool. Right, and then obviously get an opportunity to talk to him, and you heard that that interview with him on Thursday on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Uh, yeah, that's 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 a it's a good observation, and he could very well be playing that Marcel Reese role. And Marcel Reese hasn't been with the organization since basically since Sandra Douglas Morgan took over as the president. I remember she said she was going to go through uh, the roster. There was going to be some people leaving and and changing. And when I say roster, I don't mean uh, the players' roster. I mean just like the the building. Go through uh, all the employees. I should have said. And, uh, you know, just kind of talk to them all, get to know them all. And there was going to be some that are leaving, some were staying. And Marcel Reese left then. And I remember the organization basically saying he went on to do something else. So that's really all I got. I haven't ha- talked to Marcel in a long time. If I do, definitely will you know, find out what he's doing and definitely bring it back. But that's a really good thought that you had that I hadn't thought of. So thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate you. And like I said, next time you call, you got to give me your name so I, don't, uh, so I don't call you the caller from the 309. But thank you so much for the call. Up next, got a text from Tim in Southern Oregon. It says, AQ, it's Tim from Southern Oregon. AP hired Tom Telesco. Hired, can't beat him, uh, beat him, join him, LOL. Awesome. My worry now is twofold. One, hiring an OC. Pittsburgh's quarterback coach, the coach of Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph, that's a hard pass, pun intended. I don't get that choice to interview. I don't get that choice to interview that guy. There's got to be a better talent than that, right? Two, Quarterback, unless Tommy T and AP pull a rabbit out of their hat with a surprise trade that's not just the fields, I don't see a good free agent option uh, for a franchise quarterback. So the new OC, in my opinion, may have to construct an offense that's built around Aiden O'Connell's strengths. Draft Bo Nix, which I've watched play over the last two seasons, go Ducks. Bo Nix is 26, married, mature, high football IQ, academic, All-American, great passing, efficiency, tough, and a leader. Marinate Bo for a couple of seasons and give him a chance. Anyway, as my concerns going forward, offensive coordinator and the lack of options for quarterback. If we roll with Aiden, cool. Just give him the tools to succeed. Thanks for the show, Q. Pride, poise, and passion. That's from Tim in Southern Oregon. And yeah, I mean, that's why I rolled out what it would kind of take to go move up in the draft to go get somebody, and it would take a whole lot. You know, the Raiders could stay there at 13 or move up to like the eight or nine range, and you know, they'd be in a range of a Bo Nix or maybe even a Michael Penix. And so I think that those guys are definitely on the board and on the table. Uh, They'll be at the Senior Bowl, both of those guys. So that'll be something that uh, the Raiders coaching staff, Robert Leonard, who will be one of the coaches there, will be able to, you know, kind of get to know those guys a little bit more personal. So maybe they do dip into that world. And and Bo Nix has improved a lot, as you know, the last two seasons in Oregon. He's done a really good thing and really good job there. So he could be a guy that they're looking at. uh, And he does have mobility. Right. I'm again, I'm not asking for an Olympic sprinter, but he does have mobility to keep some plays alive. Uh, he is smart and he can make the throws. So there's that. I like um, bone, uh, not bone. I like uh, Michael Penix a lot as well. But of course, my QB one is uh, Jaden Daniels. And I think that the Raiders probably are still paying attention to Justin Fields just in case. 
right? I don't think that that's option number one for them, but I mean, he, he could be a guy that they try to go get, or probably multiple teams will try to go get him if they can't move up in the draft and go get the guy that they're really looking for. But thank you so much for that uh, text. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Vader Raider in the 303. He's calling to respond to Raider Drew in Sacktown about his thoughts on D.C. returning as the quarterback of the Raiders. And as my guy Raider Drew in Sacktown knew, someone was going to be fired up. Vader Raider is fired up. Here he is. You Raider Nation. Drew from Sacktown. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pump the brakes. I'm not doing it. I'm telling you right now, Raider Nation, he does not exemplify what it means to be a Raider. I do not care what you guys think of him. I don't care what anybody thinks of him. He does not exemplify what it means to be a Raider. Let me ask you something, Drew, and I want to ask this question honestly, okay? And I'm not trying to diss on you, okay? Please understand that. I'm trying to be as honest as I can be, Drew. In nine years, he gave you one season. The rest of the time, he gave you mediocrity. He didn't give you championship play. He didn't give you none of that. He gave you nine years of mediocrity besides one where he played at an MVP level. I'm going to tell you right now, Drew, and anyone in Raider Nation, even you, Q, anybody tries to bring that guy back, I don't know what I could do at that point. That might cause me to just so – it's a no on Derek Carr. He's gone. He's a saint. Raider, Raider, Raider out. <laughs> Thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, I really don't have anything to add to it. Um, you know, nothing against D.C., but I, like I said, that ship has sailed. One day he'll come back and he'll retire as a Raider, and that's cool. But, uh, yeah, the Raiders are, are – are onward. You know, they're looking forward. Uh, they're not looking back. Like I said, man, you don't, you want to look for your next. You don't want to look at your ex, but that's me. So Vader Raider, thanks for the call. And yeah, like I said, uh, Raider Drew in Sacktown knew somebody was going to be fired up. My man Vader Raider is definitely that guy. Just got time for a couple more texts from Dollar Bill Raider. Say, you know what veteran that the Raiders can sign for cheap and won't be a threat to Aiden or the rookies we draft and be an old school Raider move is Jameis Winston. Nobody will sign him, so we'll get him for a vet minimum, and he'll respect Antonio Pierce. That's from Dollar Bill Raider. He's interesting. There's no doubt about it he's got a strong arm. There's no doubt about it he can make all the throws. There's no doubt about it that he's got leadership qualities. Um, he just it's, it's always bothered me that he's just still sitting there in New Orleans as the backup, right? I mean, even when Derek Carr got to New Orleans, it's like, well, why is Jameis still there? And the fact that nobody's going to get him, and maybe – Maybe he is a guy that, you know, that the Raiders look at and say, yeah, bring him in as a veteran and he could be a backup. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird with him, right? I, I just I don't quite get it, but you're right. I think he would definitely, um, you know, respect Antonio Pierce. He'd probably come into camp with a chip on his shoulder and, and do everything he can to try to win the job. I, I, I never had a problem with Jameis. The only thing that happened to him that ran him out of Tampa Bay was he threw too many interceptions, and that was really it. So I guess if he, you know, goes out there and he's, a lot more discipline. He wouldn't do that. But then again, he could just very easily be a backup, like you mentioned. But just to try to, you know, reshape that quarterback room, you know, it's, it's something to, to pay attention to and uh, maybe talk about. So thanks so much for the text. I appreciate you. Uh, how about a call from Raider Adams? He's calling to talk about what he thinks the Raiders should do in order to get in position to get a big-time quarterback, basically get into the top three of the NFL draft. Here's Raiders Adams. Hey, Q, this is Raider Adams. going to try to make one last call before the off season gets going before I get busy with my doctoral work with OT school. 
But anyways, just want to chime in on the hires here. Obviously, love the AP hire. Glad we brought him back. I really like bringing in Tom Telesco as the GM. Ton of experience and ton of experience drafting really good talent. I really want to talk about the quarterback situation, and I'm with you, brother. I really want Jaden Daniels. And honestly, at first, I would try to get up into the top four, make a trade with Arizona, but I think it's going to take the top three. And this is if I'm the Raiders, this is what I would do. Now, I hope the Bears keep Justin Fields, and here's the reason why, and here's my explanation. If I'm the Raiders, we need to trade up in the top three. Washington and New England are probably not going to trade their spots because they're going to be looking at quarterbacks. If I want to, you're going to have to get up to number one. So if I'm the Raiders, I'm looking at trading Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, 2025 first round pick, obviously the 2024 first round pick, they would swap. A 2024 second round pick, along with the 2025 first round pick, a 2025 second-round pick, and that's the most I'm giving up. Um, if Chicago decides to keep Justin Fields, they're going to need some reinforcements with offensive weapons with Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro. Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro are in their opt-out year on their contracts, meaning that there's going to be more money in the cap it over the dead cap. So if we were supposed to release them by June 1st, we would actually be saving some money in the cap by releasing or trading away those guys. So we would save some money in the cap if we want to make some free agent moves. Um, I just love Jaden Daniels. I think with his speed, his versatility, I say we resigned Jacobs back on a friendly year deal, friendly two-year deal. The running game with him and Zeus will be big, and plus he'll be throwing the ball to Devontae freaking Adams. He's the best, one of the best wide receivers in our generation. And to chime in on this, Let's bring back strip sack Khalil Mack back to the Raiders. That would be awesome. Um, I say strip sack Khalil Mack because he would always get those strip sacks for us when he was a Raider. I miss that. So, anyways, Q, love to hear your thoughts. Um, keep on doing a great job and keep us updated with Raider Nation. You're doing a terrific job, man. And go Raiders. Thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, it would take a lot. I referenced it in segment number one of the show. Uh, but, basically, what the Bears got – to get a number to go up to number one, the Bears gave the Panthers to go all the way up to number one to get Bryce Young was this. The Bears received wide receiver DJ Moore, a 2023 first round pick, which is number nine overall, 2023 second round pick, number 61 overall, 2024 first round pick, 2025 second round pick, which you look at it now, really not too bad at all, right? And then, of course, the Panthers received the number one overall pick. They turned into Bryce Young. This year, with all the quarterbacks up there, I'm sure the price is going to be a lot more. I'm looking at three first-round picks, especially for the Raiders, coming up from number 13 as opposed to number nine. I mean, I, I say at least three first-rounders, probably a, a player, um, and maybe two second-round picks. Like it's, it's, It would take a king's ransom to get up there, but if you get your guy and you find your guy and you're comfortable with your guy, he is your guy, you go do it. So... There's that. Thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate you. We'll close out with one more text. And sorry, Ari, I know we went a little bit long on today's show, but it's Friday. We're going to finish off strong, head into the weekend. And, yeah, I'll just have to take the L on this one. But uh, Heath in Washington is going to close us out. He says, hey, Q, love what you do every day, working so hard at doing what you love to do. Been listening for you to years, but when I hear you on the radio out of the blue driving around, I'm like going, hey, that's Q. Check this guy out. He's the best in the business of radio. You work your butt off. I live in Washington, and I've seen what Penix Jr. can do. He has the arm of an NFL quarterback with his pinpoint accuracy also. 
The only problem has been his health. He was able to do that this year and beat Oregon twice. UW was an underdog in so many games this year, and he found a way to win. I think it was because he played in so many close games. He did not play good at all in the national championship game, but if you want a quarterback that can open up the air raid offense, this is the guy that can follow us at number 13. Just want to know your thoughts. Thanks. That's Heath in Washington. And Heath, thanks for the 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 text. And, yeah, I've been really paying attention to Michael Penix a lot. A big fan of what he's able to do. Love his arm strength and his accuracy, like you mentioned. And he has wiggle. Like, if it gets a little hairy in the pocket, he can get out of there. Now, he, again, he's not going to be, you know, an Olympic sprinter. He's not going to go for 700, 800 yards a season, not looking for that. But he, he, he can create if he has to, you know, get out of trouble and, uh, you know, pick up a first down, pick up 8, 9, 10 yards if he needs to to get a first down. You are spot on. The only thing that is a concern when it comes to Michael Penix is his health, right? I mean, finishing four seasons with, uh, you know, with season-ending surgeries is not good. You know, two knee surgeries and shoulder surgeries as well is not good. For him, when he's at the Shrine Bowl, the medicals are going to matter. When he's at the Combine, the medicals are going to matter. Now, if the Raiders check him out or any other team checks him out or the, the, the doctors and the medical staff at the Combine check him out and they say, yeah, you know what, he's actually pretty good to go. He should be fine as long as he doesn't, you know, just get any kind of injury that anyone else would get. He should be good to go. Then cool. No doubt about it. But, I mean, if you're investing a first-round pick, you want to make sure that you feel pretty comfortable in his availability. Right. You know, just like I talked about Jimmy G and I didn't want the Raiders to sign him because of his injury history. You, you can't ignore Michael Penix and his injury history. You just can't. If you do, then, you know, you're 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 being two faced. And I'm not saying you I'm talking about it'd be it'd be me. Uh, so I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to ignore something just like I didn't ignore it for Jimmy. I'm not going to ignore it for Michael Penix. But, yeah, big fan of his ability. His ability is amazing. Does he have the availability in the NFL? will be the question. But thanks so much for that. I do appreciate you. That's all I got time for on today's show. And uh, hopefully you enjoy the weekend, right? Of course, championship weekend, AFC, NFC. Who's going to be playing in Allegiant Stadium uh, on February 11th for the Super Bowl? Well, we'll find out. And when we're back on Monday, we'll be talking about it. So uh, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. And I mean love on your family. When they leave the house, they may not come back. Make sure that they do. And make sure that you hug on them and love on them while they're around you because you just never really know. But have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy yourself. We'll be back on Monday here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.